Welcome to the Design Doctor Podcast, where we talk about how to decorate, remodel, or build a home without losing your mind. I'm your host, Krisha Palmer, physician turned interior designer and life coach. So come on in and have a seat. Let's talk. Hey friends, welcome back to the podcast. I hope you're doing well today. I can't believe that this year is almost over. It's crazy. It has gone by so fast. And I want to switch gears just a little bit and talk about something different in the next couple of episodes. It's around mid-December and we are in the thick of holiday madness. But in just a few weeks, all of that's going to be over and January will be here. A brand new year with new possibilities. And that's the time a lot of us do some sort of refresh. We try to get our homes organized. One of the things that I've learned as I've designed spaces for my clients is that you can have a beautiful functional home, a beautiful functional room, but if it's totally cluttered, that clutter just sucks the joy away completely. So in preparation for the next few weeks, for early January, when all the holiday madness is over, when likely we are going to start thinking a lot more about decluttering and organizing, I want to go ahead and start talking about it now. Have you ever wondered why some people just seem to be tidy? (laughs) They're tidy, their homes are organized, and then others feel like you can barely keep up with cleaning, much less keep clutter out and stay organized. And have you ever wondered why some people make decluttering look easy while others feel like they're just drowning in it? Well, in this episode, I'm going to share my perspectives on these questions. So the goal of this episode and the next is really to help you identify the top three reasons why you might struggle with clutter and what you can do about it. And it's something a little different than you've probably heard of in the past. Now, if you're listening to this and you are a minimalist or you just don't struggle with clutter, that's great. You may want to share this episode for someone that you know that does, because at some time or another, almost all of us do, right? <laughs> and most people, when I when I start talking about clutter, I've, I've as you know, I'm also a certified life coach and I've done a lot of coaching on clutter. And most people, when they came to me, they just wanted me to tell them, you know, what's the right decluttering method? What method do I need to use? Um, They want me to tell them what to do so that you get motivated and you get it done. And I talked a lot about this in two previous episodes. So you may want to check those out. So episodes 21 and 22, if you haven't listened to those and you feel like you're, you know, sort of overwhelmed with clutter, you may want to go back and listen to those. My guess is probably almost all of you have read magazines, books, there are HGTV and Netflix specials related to finding the right organizing method or decluttering method that's right for you. But I have a question to pose to you today. What if knowing what to do isn't the answer? Just think about that for a minute. What if it doesn't matter what method you use? What if the method itself isn't the answer? What if instead it actually matters more what what you think 
and what you think about your home and what you think about what's in your home on a regular day-to-day basis. This is probably pretty different from what you've heard about clutter in the past. But this fundamental shift and this different way of looking at clutter is one reason that this more mindful approach to clutter works so well. You may have tried lots of times to go through that cabinet, that closet, or that room, and no matter what you do, you just can't get rid of the clutter. But this more mindful approach that I'm really fond of involves focusing first on how we think. And most of the decluttering and organizing information out there doesn't really address this issue at all. And that's why I think we can have access to all the information, all the methods. We can read all the books, read all the magazine articles, watch the Netflix special on decluttering, and we're still stuck. We're still avoiding that junk drawer or junk closet. I see so many women spend a lot of time just trying to find what's that right decluttering method, or I just need the right containers, and really searching for that order and peace that they crave, but they don't really understand what's holding them back. And I promise you, it's never the method, and it's never the containers. (laughs) If this is resonating with you, and you feel like you're sort of stuck struggling with, you know, just having too much stuff and things being cluttered up, it's often because you're not really understanding what the core problem is. So how I approach clutter and the rationale that I use is really based on a tool that I learned when I was getting my life coach certification called the model. And this is a concept or a framework that was originally developed by Brooke Castillo of the life coach school. And once I started using it personally, not only with clutter, but in all aspects of my life, but also with some of my coaching clients and my design clients who struggle with clutter, it became a game changer. And so what I want to do first in this episode is go through this tool called the model. And we're going to talk about how you can use it in relation to clutter. So this episode is going to be a bit more general because you really have to learn and understand what the model is to grasp this. Uh, And also that the nice thing about this is you can not only apply this to clutter, you can apply this to any part of your life. And then in the next episode, we're going to get specific about how to use this to narrow down and find the top three reasons that you are struggling with clutter. And once you're aware of that, then you can do something about it if you so choose. So let's, let's talk about the model. Let's just go through it. So basically everything that we encounter in life can be broken down into one of five categories, circumstances, thoughts, feelings, actions, and results. Today, we're just going to focus on three of those thoughts, feelings, and actions, how they relate to each other and how they're vitally important when it comes to clutter. So most of us think that the things that happen to us or around us is what causes our feelings. For example, you hurt my feelings. She made me mad. I'm sad because I had to change my day off. Or you can think of a a lot of examples. And we also think that we can make ourselves feel differently by taking certain actions. But that's really not how thoughts, feelings, and actions work. That's not how they're related. All of this, looking at thoughts, feeling, and actions, 
in a different way is all based in cognitive behavioral psychology. And the way it works is we always start out with a thought about something. Okay. And the thought about something is about some circumstance in our life. So it could be an act, something that happened to us. It could be another person, a thought about another person. It could be a thought about our past and it can be thoughts about the objects that we call clutter in our home. So we always start with a thought about that thing, whatever it is. It's not the thing that triggers the feeling, it's the thought. So whatever we think about that thing, it's that thought that's triggering our feeling. And how we feel drives all of our actions. So let's just define each of these for the sake of clarity, and uh, it's going to become more clear as we go through how we can apply this to clutter. So we define a thought as just one sentence in our brain. Just one sentence. It can be absolutely anything. And we have that one sentence in our brain about something, about a circumstance, about a fact, some external factor. So an example, a thought would be, this podcast is interesting, or this podcast is boring. Another thought would be, I really think I can do this. Another thought could be, this is just too hard. And often, what I've found is we really believe our thoughts are true. We have thousands of these every day and we accept that they're true. And oftentimes we're not even aware that we're thinking these things because they're so habitual and we often don't question them or ask ourselves, is this thought useful? Is this a thought worth thinking? And it's important to be, become aware of that because it's all of those thoughts that are creating your feelings. So the way we define feeling when we're talking about the model is just a one word description of a vibration in our body. So an example, excited. How does it feel in your body to be excited? Intrigued, frustrated, overwhelmed. And it's your feeling that's going to trigger your actions or just what you do or what you don't do. So this is where the actions of decluttering and organizing will fit into this framework called the model. It's also where the inaction of avoiding decluttering and avoiding organizing come in. So all of our actions or our lack of action is ultimately what's going to produce our result. So the way this works is a circumstance happens. Okay, something happens to us, something occurs out there in the world. Most of the time we have no control over it. We have a thought about that circumstance, and it's that thought that produces a feeling, and that feeling drives all of our actions, and it's our actions that produce our result or what we create in our lives. Now, at this point, you might be thinking, yeah, this makes sense, but what does all of this have to do with clutter? (laughs) But here's the thing. Most of us and most of the clutter advice out there tries to solve the clutter problem by looking at actions. And on the surface, that makes total sense, right? After all, we either take the action to declutter or we don't. But when we do that, we're missing really the core issue. Most of the time when you're trying to take these actions of decluttering, how do you feel when you're trying to do it? 
often we feel overwhelmed, right? Frustrated, confused, exasperated. So we're really just kind of trudging uphill through the mud, trying to declutter while we feel overwhelmed and tired. That may be sustainable for a very brief period of time, but it's not sustainable long-term. So what happens? We either give up completely or we just grit down and we try to plow through it anyway. And it's absolutely miserable, right? Most of the women I see are trying to declutter from the space of overwhelm and frustration and it just doesn't work. So if this sounds anything like your experience, don't beat yourself up. It's totally normal. I don't know anyone who can declutter and maintain, you know, an organized home when you're constantly feeling overwhelmed and frustrated. So what we have to do is back up a little bit. And we have to think about what's causing these feelings. Because remember, just like I described in the model, what causes our feelings? It's always a thought. And it's always just one thought. We can have lots of thoughts that lead to a similar feeling, but I like to narrow it down just for simplicity's sake to one thought, and that's just one sentence in our brain. And the thing is, is we can control our thoughts. We can't most of the time control our circumstances, but we can always control what we think about those circumstances. So if we can really become aware of the thoughts that are producing this overwhelm, and this frustration, we can then generate the thoughts and feelings we need in order to take the action we want, to take that action of decluttering, be successful at it, and being able to maintain it. So this is really exactly why a lot of us have tried all sorts of decluttering methods. We've bought the bins, we've bought the baskets, we've tried different organizing methods, and yet you're still listening thinking, oh, I'm so glad you're talking about this, I need help with clutter. And it's just because you've been trying to solve your problem just based on that action line of the model. So it goes thoughts, feelings, actions. And so what's happening is we're leaving out why we're struggling with that action. And that goes back to how we feel and how we feel is based on what we're thinking. We're going to go deeper next week. But for now, I just want you to think about this. Are you taking the action that you want to take when it comes to clutter and organizing? If the answer is yes, great. (laughs) If the answer is no, I want you to think as you go throughout this week, I want you to tune in to how you feel about that clutter. And when I say how you feel, think of an actual emotion. Do you feel overwhelmed? Do you feel frustrated? You may love organizing and decluttering and maybe you feel excited, but whatever it is, think about really tune in to how you feel about the clutter in your home. And this is just going to bring some awareness to the surface. And then in next week, in next week's episode, we're going to talk about the top three thoughts that the women that I've worked with have about clutter and how that's affecting their thoughts and their actions and how you can work through that to to meet your goals and to take the decluttering action that you want. So two-part series, we're going to go a lot deeper next time. And then 
If you do have decluttering and organizing goals in January, you'll be all set with some additional insight into how you can get the results that you want. That's all I have for you this week. Happy decorating, and I'll see you next week. If you're a woman physician who loves all things design and decorating, be sure to check out my private Facebook group, House Calls for Physicians, or you can visit my website at www.housecallsforphysicians.com.